Welcome back, everybody. It's Everett alongside Kyle, and you're here between two posts with a uh, n- another episode. We finally got back together and created another episode. But I mean, given we've had a pretty interesting year, uh, Kyle's married now. Congratulations, Kyle. I am still uh, unmarried and irrelevant, but you know, it is what it is. I so. put, put some pressure on Ev, but uh, yeah, welcome back. Season two, definitely. Uh, we're excited to build on what we got going the first season and got some big names coming. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be electric if there's a one way to describe it, but Kyle, uh, I just want the the listeners to know we are now talking to a new, uh, Tampa Bay lightning shooter tutor. Congrats on that new job. Oh yeah. Newest, uh, practice goalie for the bolts. Um, quick plug to the, to the Vaughn buckets took a clapper from Stamkos and I'm, still alive so uh it can hold up in the beer leagues too (laughs) (laughs) let's let's i mean me and kyle talked before this uh we got to go over it like can you break down your two-on-one drill against stammer where he still sniped chad (laughs) on you yeah so uh it's crazy but um so we're doing a two-on-one drill uh kalorn and stammer are coming down kalorn has the puck Obviously, like anyone who knows Stamkos, his his one timer is. I mean, other than like Ovi, he's probably the one of the best in the world. So I, I know, obviously, he's passing to him and he's gonna one time it. So I cheated so hard. Classic I, Kyle, always. I, oh cheating. yeah. I, well, I'm like, I mean, I already am at a disadvantage here. These guys are a lot better than me. So I push over way before the pass is even made. Like Kalorn could easily just tap it in the net, but he's a good guy, so he puts it over to Stammer. I, I, I stay on my feet. I don't go down. I'm probably still outside the paint. He wires this thing. I, I, don't, I don't even think I saw it. I just hear it go bar down. And I'm like, it was just like a wow. A wow. Like this guy, these guys are legit. Yeah. So like when you're the guy that's me and you're sitting on your couch and you got chip crumbs all over yourself, you got chocolate stains on your mouth and you're ripping a beer. And you wonder why uh, uh, Jonathan Quick, Alex Ndalkovich, or Darcy Kemper get scored on. Uh, yeah, it's a lot harder when you get out there and you actually have to face those shots. Kyle, how tall are you off ice? No, no skates, no nothing. I'm like six foot, so oh. still kind of on the smaller side for you, goalies. You, yeah, I mean, you're on the smaller side, but you're not like like me, 5'7", or like even a yeah, UC South, like a 5'10". You're, you still have relatively okay size. I didn't think I gave him anything, to be honest, but I mean... It was just like, you don't even know how to react to it. I'm like, okay, like nice shot, you know? But um, I mean, the main thing that impressed me is like their conditioning is crazy. Like I, the first 15, 20 minutes, I, I like competed. Like I held my own. I, I made the saves that like <laughs> I was able to, but after that, like I'm about ready to go puke. And they're not even breaking a sweat. So no, I mean, they're just, guys, that's they're the warm up, man. That's they're just yeah. getting the, getting the, uh, the heart rate up there a little bit. Oh, like yeah. 120. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're machines, but, uh, I will say they, they do warm ups a lot better than my beer league team. So, I mean, that part was nice. <laughs> they just flow. They, I was, I was really nervous. Like the first shot, I'm like, oh, here, you know, here comes Stamkos, like get ready. And then he just like floats a muffin at me. And I, you know, track it into the glove. I'm like, oh, all right. Feeling good. And then like, Everyone just keeps floating them in on me. I'm like, I could, I could do this. You know? <laughs> this is so much easier than it looks on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they pick it up and then you're like, <sighs> and then when they start trying, it's everything's going by you. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they can rip them, but uh, it's a, it's a good challenge. Fun to compete. 
Hey, at least you look sick out there with the bolts gear, though. I mean, you got your custom gear with the the lightning bolt and the pad. Pretty gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Worked out pretty well getting that, that Tampa set. And then uh, shout out Burger. Uh, EQ guy hooked me up with a jersey, too. So uh, I, I fooled some fans, too. They asked me for autographs. <laughs> <and> they, <laughs> they thought I was on the team. Biggest so. joke of the century. They're like, oh, my God. Is this that? Yeah. Is this Amir Miftakov, the Russian prospect? He looks well, pretty no, American to me. We're in, we're in Tampa, so they probably thought I was Vassy for all they know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Vasilevsky's so much shorter in person. Yeah, he looked so much taller with the cup. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, other than that, Kyle, I mean, you got married. Congratulations to Hannah for t- finally tying you down. That's that deserves some praise. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great time. We had Everett down there, uh, a bunch of the boys <laughs> sent it pretty pretty hard and uh it was was a fun weekend so and you still got to go to the cup parade that didn't mess anything up yeah it was actually talk about a weekend i think uh thursday night we went to game what was it five yeah watched them lift the cup then we had our rehearsal dinner then we had day of wedding and then uh, i think monday then was the cup parade so pretty sweet weekend and you were supposed to fly out that morning. That was a debacle. But either way, you, the flight got canceled, which worked out to where you got to see the boat parade. Yeah, it worked out really well. It's uh, so it's that's probably one of the coolest things Tampa has is that boat parade. I think uh, I think more cities are gonna try to do it if if they have the capability because it's so cool. You know, you had a uh, police fire, all them kind of lead the the boat brigade, and then all the players come through, and they're just. You know, they're having a time out there. People are tossing them beers. They're tossing fans beers. Uh, did you see Vassy had the, the consmite on his head at one point? Yeah. <laughs> was, I mean, they're just Cooch, Cooch in an interview with like the local news guy who's in like a suit and tie. Cooch he dumped his beer on his head yeah, he on, the, on the reporter's head. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, as that reporter, one, you got you're in a viral viral clip too like it's pretty cool you got to be a part of the parade and like the players are keying you in so like sucks you smell like bud light but uh it's a tough life being in the cup parade and getting to interview one of the star guys you know yeah i don't think he was mad but uh it's definitely it's a really cool event i definitely recommend it anyone who's local like if it happens again box or something or a three peat never know no dude no 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 what's even crazier was when we got on the plane to come down for the wedding people were flying down in lightning gear so there were fans that were flying in from other cities to come watch the cup finals. You know, obviously yeah. people that got money. Well, so a lot know, of, like they, a they, lot of Montreal go, go. fans, a lot of Montreal fans were there for a game five. Um, yeah, partially probably because of, I don't know if you saw the ridiculous prices for a ticket in Montreal. I, I think it was like, I, I could be wrong. I want to say it was like seven grand for some of the lower bowls in Montreal for like one game. Uh, that's that's nothing to me bro that's chump change man i would yeah. on come on yeah and then tampa you know you can get lower bowl for like 350 for, seriously for a cup game oh yeah that's tampa. cheaper than what detroit playoff tickets were back Depending when we used to go where, to the playoffs I, oh yeah tampa's always been really good i mean you if you get season tickets in the in the 300s the nosebleeds it's like 400 dollars for the whole season that's nothing yeah i mean granted you uh, it's it's tough to watch the game up there, but I mean, <laughs> it's definitely worth it to to get the lower bowl and a game like that. Maybe it was like five hundred for, but we were we were lower bowl for like five hundred. So 
it was must be nice. Hey, like I, before we get over this cup parade, you guys had red tide going on, which is disgusting. Yeah. How gross. about their clip? I don't know what player it was. Jumped off the boat into the river and just as he went down, white bubbles came up and then it was just replaced with brown water. That was so gross. So, yeah, I don't know if that's red tide. That's mainly like the, the river, like the there's canals. the river walk in the canal. They're like dredged out. So I think it's just like a muddy bottom. Okay. Because it's not really like the ocean. Like, so red tide, I mean, it, yeah, it's disgusting, but it's more so on like the beaches and the closer to the, the sea and the the canal. I'm pretty sure it's actually a, it, it like transitions into a freshwater spring, oh, yeah, like as it I goes think. north. Yeah, that's so. that. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. But there was a kid on my beer league team who also used to call muddy bottom. So it's funny you use that reference. But anyways, moving forward, actually, I got something to bring up. Uh, okay. Huge shout out for for a special someone for winning the Barstool Cup. Uh, also taking home the Con Smythe of it. We we might know him <laughs> as Everett. Oh, how how do you feel about like what was what was that like? Do you like? I can't even. I can't even downplay it and play this cool. If <laughs> the part like the hockey fest was such a fun time. It was a huge party. They did a player party where uh, after all the games on the first day, you got to go to the old Shillelagh downtown Detroit and Greek town. And for, I don't know, two to three hours, it was, it was an open bar, but it was anything Labatt blue products. So blue, blue light, blue seltzer and pink Whitney, anything free for the players. Free. Only. For free. No way. We were ripping shot after <laughs> shot after shot. I'm surprised <laughs> anyone showed up for the games. <laughs> well, man, like that then the next morning, I think it was the Saturday, the Saturday morning, like rolling out of bed was you're you're feeling it. You're beaten. And the worst part was going through all those games, like you were dying as a goalie, even the players, because I looked at my team at after the end of like a first half, because we you do two halves or going into the second i'm dying because i'm melting in my gear every time we had to play all the clouds in the sky disappeared the sun was the highest it could be it couldn't have been hotter um <laughs> and your skin's just crawling like you know what that burning feel feeling feels like when you play in a hot rink or something like that and you're skin yeah. crawling well it's middle of summer you're wearing goalie gear out on outside on blacktop yeah so. so but it was it was so much fun. Like we sweep, swept, we went six and zero, and we didn't even sandbag. We played a, and the only there was only one team in there that I felt so bad. We talked to them afterwards. They're from South Carolina, older group, and I was just thinking in my head, like, how did you guys sign up for a, thinking you guys could like handle this? But so was there a lower division than a? Yeah. So it went. You had roller, and then you had street where you played on foot. So mm -hmm. the roller you played with a green biscuit, which was terror like. Initially, yes. I was going to wear a player cup and like a player helmet with cage. And then we got up and they were firing green biscuits around. So you had roller ABCD and then you had street hockey, ball hockey, ABCD. And that's where like uh, the national ball hockey team came in and played and they played against so, uh, Steve so Alexi and Wierenski. Were you in the highest division then? Yeah, we were in the highest division. Oh, no way. Yeah, you yeah. can't. That's not sandbagging then. No, like everyone thinks like how because I was bragging like we went six and oh for the content like come on now we won all four round robins and two playoff yeah. games not a big deal that's legit so but when we like i i don't know what it's like winning a stanley cup but like i was melting and fighting mentally through each game to like just survive don't yeah. throw up anywhere like so many goalies were thrown up in the crease and on the 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 rink and oh. stuff just because it was so yeah. hot and you're hung over 
that didn't get put in the that wasn't on the barstool page (laughs) no those those (laughs) they left that out they didn't feature that for the goalies but like i was mentally fighting i'm like you just gotta get through this my team's so good they're scoring all these goals just keep going and uh when we got up on stage man and they were like handing you the trophy i was i was legit like i was like oh you played it up i'm like no i was legit that excited to win that whole thing so you've trained your whole life for that moment so i mean that's the only thing i've ever won that's worth anything so yeah, but pretty pretty sweet. Also, uh, shout out to our boy uh, Dom GV kid. Uh, took some pretty sweet pictures. It looked like from that weekend too, and shot some helped shoot some content for Vaughn. So uh, he's got some talented stuff with the camera. Yeah, the guy's great with a camera and the lens, man. Like, uh, shout out to Dom. He's a unreal kid and just great to work with. He helped out with a lot of projects that are slowly be coming out here this week and uh, in the future. So um but yeah I, th- I think that wraps up the summer man we got to go through what's yeah. going on in the well, uh the nhl world though right yeah well i say i mean speaking of that uh project with with dom maybe we kind of transition into gear talk a lot of sweet stuff coming through the pipeline um i mean i guess we'll start with with the one that has already been posted uh quickie going back to his 2012 run setup you know for someone like me who who just loves quick it idolizes quick wants it's to almost quick, like plays like quick yeah it's like emotional it's like man to see that it's just it t- tugs on your heartstrings you're like man you're just hope i hope it has some magic in it and maybe he can you know make a, a one last push here before uh before he hangs him up it would be stellar like you know from our 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 state viewpoint and being vaughn and everything like that you know, you always want your players to do well, but how sick would it be to watch Quickie just go on like this amazing tear this year? I know LA has been a team that, you know, and everyone's like, oh, they're not good. But you think about it. They had two major cup runs that they won and they were so strong in, you know, that 2011-12 era. Like you're, you can't be good for forever. It's just like the right. wings here. You can't be good for forever. You're going to have to rebuild. Players get older. It's just that's the nature of the cycle. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, part of it is, yeah, they, I mean, as someone who follows LA a little bit, like part <laughs> of me is like, there's, there's no way like it's getting worse from here. Right. Like the worst of the rebuild is hopefully through, I, I would hope. Um, they had a few really, really, really tough years. Um, but also looking at, at the, the cup runs, like the, the one of them, they were the eighth seed. So it's also like, Hey, like you sneak in there in a not very strong division. I mean, if, if, in my opinion, it's probably the weakest division in the NHL. So maybe they sneak in there. Quickie brings back some playoff magic and who knows? Yeah. I mean, it would be electric to see like old school, like, like I I wrote up in that blog post, man, like you see old school Quickie playing like Gumby, just doing all that stuff that he's making saves that you never could think anyone could get behind and he gets behind them. That's what we want to see this year. And you just you just hope he's healthy, and we we see something cool out of it, for sure. Um, so, uh, you want to touch on that that project, or is that still top secret? Keep it under wraps. It's still top secret. Okay, but we're very excited. Everybody knows it's coming. Uh, just talking about, we can get into it in general. The Seattle Crack and the expansion team, uh, but we do have Chris Streeter there, so there's going to be some sick stuff coming out in the in the next coming days here as well. But I want to talk about the one thing here. What did you think about the press leaks 
Like, do you think that took away like ESPN's getting this gig? They're trying to televise it. We got Weeksy running around doing a great job of covering the event and just getting people excited. But like you, everyone deflated it and the GMs deflated the first big deal that ESPN had. Like, how does how does ESPN look at the NHL now when you guys pull a stunt like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's a really tough situation because obviously from a from a viewer standpoint, I think and and for ESPN, if you're ESPN, you're you're very frustrated. But I know like for me, I was talking all day. I'm like, oh, like tonight at whatever seven, I I have to be home. I got to watch the draft. I want to see who they take. Well, during the day, every single pick got leaked. So by three o'clock, I'm like, oh, we can go out to dinner. I don't need to be home. I don't like. I already know who, you know, the entire team. I don't need to watch the draft live now. I don't need to have it drag out for two hours to know something I already know. Um, so that being said, like, yeah, if you're ESPN, I know they lost a lot of viewers uh, from it getting leaked. On the flip side, though, I mean, can you blame, uh, like, these journalists and reporters whose job it is to to break trades and and, I mean, like, that's their job. They're, they're getting paid to do that. So, I mean, I, I don't know whose fault it is. And I also don't know how it got leaked. Well, I mean, hang on a sec. Um, it comes down to, I, and I talked to uh, Michael Caples about this. He used to write the Michigan hockey now or my hockey now mag, which is a big publication in Michigan. It covers all things uh, Michigan based hockey, Michigan, Michigan state, Detroit, Red Wings, Grand Rapids, everything. Anyways, He's no longer with them. And I asked him from a journalist standpoint, like, hey, dude, like, what do you think about this, uh, the Seattle leaks and everything like that? And him having been a guy who used to go into the rooms, who has to find a tip, who has to get info, who does this, who does that, break a story. Uh, Capel said, he's like, it's not a journalist's fault. It's not a reporter's fault. It's, it's their job. If they were given info, unless it's specified by a team, please hold on to this. Like this is secret, which you have a bond with the GM or whoever you're getting your info from to trust them. Then yeah, you hold it. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the teams that whoever within those uh, organizations leaked the info of like, Hey, you know, this guy's going here, you know, Chris Treger's going to Seattle, whatever it was. It's the organization who leaked that info. It's their responsibility. They gave it up. The crazy thing to me is that, essentially from what i understand is it it happened 31 times basically like 31 separate leaks like how does that even happen it's not like one source where it's going to this guy who's telling this guy who who's tweeting it like you're telling me every single team somehow there was a breach and it got leaked and not even not even like close to the draft it wasn't at like 6 30 like i remember it was like it was all day yeah 10 a.m noon lunchtime it's like how how is every single pick already leaked? It was crazy. I gotta think it's somebody that just gave uh, what's his name? I forget his name. Who 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 tweeted? Is it all Frank Cervalli? I think. Yeah, Cervalli got them. all of them. I think everyone just reached out and said, "Here it is." Which it just <laughs> yeah. it blows by, the event by the, for by the 29, 29, 30, and thirty one teams were just like, "Ah, you have them already. Here's ours." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Well, we we didn't start it, but here you yeah. go." Um. Seattle will be an exciting team still. I think I'm excited to see, you know, we've had Chris on before. Chris is a very lighthearted, easygoing guy. Um, And from an NHL goalie standpoint, mentally, I think he has what it takes. It'll be interesting though, workload wise, you know, he did play a fair amount of games with Florida and Bob kind of doing a one, a one B situation, but 
In Seattle, you talk about the Cord and Grubauer. That's an interesting dynamic. I, I think Grubauer ends up being, you know, the other NHL goalie with Chris, and they're going to have to fight it out and duke it out because Grubauer played well for Colorado. So now who gets yeah, that spot? Well, I mean, Seattle made it clear that they want to, they want the two goalie system. So I, I mean, I think it'll be kind of similar almost to what was expected to happen in Florida. Obviously, the whole Bob situation and Knight coming in, they're they're kind of in a mess. But um, you know, I I see Grubauer getting some of the bigger games, and then. Uh, they're probably going to lean pretty hard uh, on Dredge too to p- to pick up when they need him. So I think it's going to be a good situation for him. Uh, I'm curious to see how that team does. Obviously, no nobody really predicted the direction they went with. They're very under the cap. I I don't remember what the numbers at right now, but I know at one point it was like 40 million under the cap. And I think the other thing though is like what happened with Vegas all of the NHL organizations realized we're not going to let that happen again. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely were up uh, against some more challenges than Vegas was. Um, but, you know, it did also kind of create uh, a whole goalie carousel around the rest of the league too, which I think we should. A disaster. Do. You want to <laughs> yeah. talk about a disaster. I was in Nashville when this happened and I thought, okay, free agency is going to open up. You know, maybe a couple of goalies move the first day, but I think a lot of players might, you know, get signed and then guys will figure out goalies later. No, first day I'm in uh, in Nashville, I'm scrolling through Twitter. Boom, somebody moved. Boom, Ned's gone. Kemp's is here. Mrazic's here. Uh, Mark Andre's, you know, not going to go play. Like, what is happening? It was insane. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously one of the biggest ones is the Mark Andre situation. I, I just can't believe for the kind of guy he is, the kind of numbers he put up, to just get treated like it's like man like he's one of like the salt of the earth guys like you don't hear anyone say a bad thing about him he's been in the league like almost 20 years and he's just getting pigeon tossed it seems like i mean you know he he gets sat for playoffs and then they go to Leonard, and then who knows what's going on and then all of a sudden they trade him i'm like like what is going on um I, i'm really happy he's he's not hanging him up he's gonna give chicago a shot they definitely got a way better roster over, over this offseason. So th- they'll be a team to watch for sure. And Mark Andre Fleury is now going to be wearing Avon uh, Dom's pro choice mask. So, and that right that there. Oh, yeah. That's and big. then they're really going to be buzzing. The question is, though, like I, <laughs> like some people were tweeting it. Oh, I forgot to talk about uh, Vanacek from Washington. Uh, but before oh, that, yeah, that was <laughs> Flower in chicago do you think he just thought it was like chirac he's like i'm not taking my kids to the ghetto (laughs) no i think it was when he went to vegas they promised him he's here long term they told him you're gonna retire here he bought a house there his kids are going to school there i mean you would think he's he's he was their franchise player like i don't think he thought he was gonna get moved and i don't think he wanted to move his family around and i don't think it's necessarily that he doesn't want to go to Chicago like because he said I'm pretty sure he said like when it first happened, he's like the only places he would go is Pittsburgh or yeah. or Vegas. So I don't think it was anything against Chicago. He's just like, I've, you know, like my with my numbers. Can I just like stay somewhere? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting move, but, you know, it'll be exciting to see him on a new team and see if he can't bring back. Uh, hopefully not for me, the the terrifying you know, series that was the Chicago Blackhawks when they were just dominating while I was in high school. 
You know, they had those big cup runs, Taves and Kane. Like, I remember watching them in high school. And I said, watch, Chicago's going to be really good in the next couple of years. And then they had those uh, couple big runs there. But that, that makes yeah, it tough. So, but I'm excited to see Flower play there. Um, what I else mean, do I we think, got on the map here? I think the biggest shock to me was Olmark going to Boston. I didn't see that one coming at all. Not at um, all. I mean, he probably – anybody would want to get out of Buffalo, but – um. I mean, I, I was that surprised that fire. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really surprised the term and the the contract he got. I mean, good for him. He's getting he's getting paid, and you know he's gonna have a solid team in front of him. So I mean, that could also be it. Like he was on a really bad team and still had decent numbers. So maybe he is, uh, you know, way better with a better team. Well, and they have to band aid the situation that is Tuca. Um... You know, he's hurt till, uh, what are they saying, like January 2022? So he misses the first half of the season pretty much, right? Yeah, but it's still – they had a, they had Swayman who who came up and played a little bit and looked phenomenal. They but had doesn't Ladder. have a ton of NHL experience. No, but but you're, you're kind of grooming them. And like you said, like Rask isn't out for good. Like Tuca said he still wants to play in Boston. So to me, I mean, to me, the one who's getting hurt out of this is – is uh sway is sway because i mean i don't know maybe he'll go to providence and develop but like he, otherwise he would have definitely been the, the backup slash starter or i guess maybe he'll be up in boston with uh with linus to start the year and then go down but i i don't know i was just shocked i thought he put up he looked really well and put up good numbers and i thought he kind of earned his spot he's not like an you know like an 18 year old kid like he played college I think he was a uh did he win the Mike Richter? I think he won the Mike Richter. I'm trying to look up depth here. Um what is I mean this? he lit it up at Maine. Yeah. I mean he he was a standout, but the thing is though Kyle like Boston's still going to need to rely on some experience. And he did have a couple games but like, you know, are we going to flip the coin toss here on him being able to handle, you know, 20 plus games? and then still perform as well as he did. I don't know. So there might right. be signs I, of immaturity there where they think, I, okay, I like, get that. Get some but that's where the, that's where the term part of the, the Allmark deal is kind of confusing. Cause I think it was four years. So, I mean, I could have seen a one or two year deal where you're like, let's see what we got here. See what Tuke is planning on doing. But I mean, yeah, I, I was just caught off guard by it. Um, but if you want to talk about absolute fleecings, in your home backyard of Detroit, Stevie Y just, <laughs> I mean, getting Ned on an absolute steal. I don't understand where Carolina didn't want to keep him. They they developed him, turned into a clearly an NHL goaltender, caliber, caliber goaltender. Uh, where, like, why would you, I don't know. It doesn't make sense, but huge, huge move for Detroit. Very exciting. Although on the topic, I am a little nervous just because I live here. I understand how the Detroit Red Wings fans respond uh, to poor goaltending or what they think is poor goaltending, but it's just an all around, you know, struggling team. They eat goalies alive here. And I just, I, I love Ned. He's a great guy. Great dude. Um, I think for me, it'd be mentally taxed, uh, taxing like, you know, what Howie and Bernier dealt with or what yeah. Grice just dealt with. Well, Grice was yeah. like the worst goalie Detroit ever saw, won a bunch of good games, played really well at the last uh, last few months or last month, 
And then he turned into a saint. Everyone wanted to get rid of Bernier. Like it, there's just, it's a very bad conversation to have about goalies in Detroit, but it's, I want to dial it back real quick, Kyle. Yeah. Nobody understood the Tuka Rask meme that we put out where we faked wanting to put Bud Light logos. On yeah. The- I said, I said, I don't think enough people were following it. People were so upset that they thought that that was a real thing that they missed the clip and you saw yeah. it. He was willing to play for Bud Lights and like 250, 250,000. Yeah. yeah. Basically Tuka just said, uh, they, they asked him what he was hoping to get from Boston. And he said he, you know, he'll play for some some beer, some Bud Lights. Uh, he just wants to be in Boston. He said he loves it there with his family. So uh, the meme was, I think a, a couple other accounts put it out too, that, you know, he's going to be sponsored by Bud Light. But, uh, you know, I, I'd consider that one a, a swing and a miss, Ev. No, I think it was great. The interactions were through the roof. People were upset, but like, I mean, you want to talk about getting likes and just laughs? Yeah, you're stir- you're definitely uh, stirring the pot a little bit. You have to. Oh, and we got to go back to Vanichek. I still think the the best summary is that meme of Grandpa from uh, The Simpsons, where he oh, walked in the door in and out of the bush thing. No, no, no. The oh, one- oh, the hat, the hat, the hat. He sets the hat down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he puts so, the hat on that the hat rack and then walks out again. Yeah. So I mean, they made a couple moves like that that are just like what what are you doing? So first of all, I mean, I don't get it at all. They, they take Vanacek clearly with no, like, uh, did they ever intend to keep him? I mean, they, they got the cord in the draft. They got Dredge signed. I mean, maybe they were waiting to see if, if Grubauer was going to come or not. I don't, I don't remember the order of events, but to me, it's just wild. Like, they did it with three guys. They took a, a player and then flipped them for like a draft pick. Like yep. like a third. One of them was like a fourth round pick. You're telling me you can't pick any player on the NHL team and flip them for a pick better than a fourth rounder? It's like, I just, I didn't get a lot of what they were doing. No, but hopefully, you know, some people have said, you know, like what did Ron Francis really do in Carolina? But Ron put together some decent teams. So maybe there's a long-term plan. Maybe it's the first year they're not, you know, as ready. And then it takes two or three years to get very, very competitive because they want to draft a lot of, you know, prospects and stuff. I don't know. I really don't know. But I think they're trying to leverage them and put themselves into maybe a more two, three year down the road. Like be competitive. Well, they're definitely not going to do what Vegas did. But be hot off the start. To me, they're they're trying to, I mean, they have cap space. I mean, maybe there's more moves to come. Maybe they're waiting for next offseason or something. They loaded up on draft picks. The only part I don't understand is like you had the pick of the litter from these teams. Yep. Yeah, they they've been through one expansion draft, but like you can still take advantage of these teams. Like they 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 can only protect so many guys. So to me, if I'm looking to flip them for draft picks, I'm gonna go out after players that I know other teams will pay a higher price for than a fourth round pick. Yes. I mean, to me, if you can pick almost any player from an NHL team, how are you not getting a first or second round pick in return? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a formula we're just missing because we're not that bright, you know? Yeah, well, that's why we're, we're sitting here doing this and not running the Kraken right now. So we're just, we're just a couple guys on the outside <laughs> analyzing and everybody else is on the end. Um, <clears throat> in other news, Alex, Nilo, no, shit. Alex Nadalkovich to the wings. We talked about that Darcy Kemper, which I'm very excited about to Colorado. Colorado's yeah, a young, like powerful move. team. Darcy can obviously play last year. 
Arizona as a whole struggled the year before. Darcy was like top five in all stats for goalies, goals against save percentage and wins. Like, or not wins, sorry, excuse me. Uh, but save percentage and goals against, he was a leader in and top five. I'm very excited to see what Darcy can do. And we also have some sick content coming out with Darcy that I'm, uh, a lot of people have already seen the teaser for. So, For sure. I think I think that's a great move. I think Colorado is going to be dangerous this year. I, I have them in my top four. Colorado as a team or Kemp's? Colorado as a team, but mainly because they got Kemp's back there now. I mean, goaltending over the last uh, two runs they had has kind of been their, their question mark. And now, I mean – Based on Kemp's track record, like he should check off that box. I mean, and then given they they have their core all on team friendly deals. If Makar stays healthy, I mean, that's a dangerous team. Yep, yep. I think that that room knows what they're building towards, and I think it's it's one of those things on a when you look at an organization like what the Wings did, like you take team friendly deals because hey, like I don't want to get paid, I want to win a cup. Did you see? Did you see the uh, the McKinnon memes? No. So I guess he's like a big health nut. And someone did an interview with Zadorov and Zadorov was saying like how overkill he was. So people were posting these memes of like Colorado guys uh, doing Coke and McKinnon walks in and goes, that better not be sugar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I was dying. Oh. It was hilarious, but uh... I love it. Um, moving on Peter Mrazek. In Toronto, huge market for him. It'll be exciting to do what he does. Uh, he's got that swagger. I think he has the confidence to go play there. Toronto is a again could possibly be if they figure it out a yeah, very I'm lethal even, team. I got I I I put my faith in them last season. I thought for sure they'd at least make it to the to I mean win one series. I was I. I I can't bet on them anymore. What are they? I mean, as a team, they definitely got worse this year. You think so? Yeah. Didn't they? They lost um, the defenseman to Edmonton. Yeah. I mean, Never mind. they didn't get better. Maybe they're, they're pretty close to the same, but they definitely didn't, you know, co- come out and convince me that like to, to. They've gotten better. You don't, you're yeah. not convinced there's a big enough change, but I think they're the problem. I it's think, a good hey, team, maybe... but they loaded up cap wise with their power star forwards. Well, they could they could win a, a president's trophy, but we'll see if, <laughs> if they win a they can win a playoff round sometime. Um, Kyle, what else you got for me? Is there anything else you want to go over? Um, I mean, just we can just touch on the, obviously a few more goalie movement. Anderson switched places with Mrazek. Hopey to Dallas. That one was a little weird. The, the Hopey experiment in Vancouver. Didn't really work out, I guess. Uh, did you see also, uh, there's a funny tweet. It's like Vancouver's moves, uh, the 1920 offseason and then the 2021 offseason. And they're the exact inverse moves. So it was like the first one, it's like sign Holpe, sign uh, Vertanen, whoever else. It was like five guys. They signed. Yep. This year, it was literally like buy out Vertanen, trade Holpe. It was like they just offloaded everyone they got the previous offseason. So. <laughs> Hey man, all it takes is one season in Vancouver for them to tell you you ain't worth it. See ya. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Grubauer to Seattle, Omar to Boston, Hutz. He's making making a move again. Um, where did he go? <laughs> um, I gotta find that. I don't know. Well, you look that up. We have 
Brian Elliott to your Tampa Bay Lightning, which is interesting. I wonder what they did with McElhaney if they just didn't want him back. I think back he's going to retire. But why would you retire when you got the best spot in the league? You're getting paid to be the backup to Vasilevsky. Come on now. But I think they need some like Elliot could play they, games. I yeah, I think I don't the know Lightning if Max got maybe, it anymore. They need some to, to lean on someone just a little bit more. I think Mac was a, a great guy, but you know, he, he's up there. He it was almost to the point like they couldn't even put him in like a playoff game. Like even if Vasilevsky was like dead, you yeah. know? So um not that I'm super convinced Elliot's gonna be like a savior stellar. or anything, but but he um, could get in the games. Uh, did you Hutton, find the Hutton? Yeah, Hutton went to Arizona. Yep. So basically taking Kemp's spot. That 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 team's also a little bit of a dumpster fire right now. Uh, Glendale didn't renew the, the lease with them. So I don't know. They're kind of ho- homeless right now. Yeah, smell you later, Biz. Save your team. Um, just, a, I mean, you know, all the stuff they got going on with the draft picks. They're... That's that's not well, a that's that's not even it's not even just Arizona like Montreal took that one kid and now yeah, like, he can't play bad. in the queue like there's bad. just so many bad moves and like if you want to talk about stuff that's bad what's happening in Chicago that the NHL did not force Chicago to handle that's embarrassing yeah, um, so I've heard that one's still under investigation though yeah it's it's so, a terrible terrible mess that yeah. people knew what was going on. And the organization, the people in charge on, you know, like in terms of leadership that should have handled it, did not handle it. And now he, the the guy that, you know, is in question got recommended to a high school and further had issues, ended up getting jail time for, and that was on the, you know, basis of a recommendation from an NHL organization that just looks so horrible by everybody. So I don't, I think the, the worst part was that he came out and said, don't take me. I'm not. You know, I haven't earned this honor. And then first round, Montreal on the board, they're like, yep. Just like, oh, man. Like everyone just like just shaking their heads at that. But at the same time, Kyle, you know, people talk about development and change and not from a hockey sense, just as a human being, as a person. Maybe, you know, like I think Montreal's trying to spin it as like, oh, we can work with this kid. But I don't think I. I don't know. Teams so, don't take so, responsibility for the off-ice stuff. I'm I'm 100%. I believe in second chances. I, I think, you know, the kid was 17. Like, don't ruin his entire life from, from a stupid mistake that he, he admitted to, you know. But I do think there's a, a line you draw of, you know, I thought it was a great move of him to say, please don't draft me. I don't deserve this honor, right? So to me, it's like, all right, good for you. You know, slum it up in in – the minors for a while, do what you have to do, prove that you're, you've changed, prove that you're a good person now. And if you're still a good hockey player, I'm sure you'll get a chance down the road. My issue with it is, I mean, Montreal just came out, not even like a third round, just first round. We're taking them. <laughs> yeah. Taking them off the board. And it's like, man, that's it. It just doesn't sit right. You know, like, yeah, but, but I uh, do, I do want to hit a note where like, you know, like you, you talk about messing up his life and everything like that. And I just, I'm not a fan of cancel culture or anything like that because there's a lot of things that go on and behind closed doors and rooms that change, you know, things and the way things pan out, blah, blah, blah. But in this situation, like, it's not just about him. It's about her too. That's involved the disrespect and the treatment that she went through. It's not fair. So it's, there's a lot of things on the line that I think uh, from a situational standpoint, I don't 
maybe I don't have the capabilities to analyze everything, but I think with who's involved and what she dealt with. And from what I saw on Twitter, there was never an open apology to like, he just said, I don't deserve to get drafted. It wasn't, I'm sorry for treating this person like this, uh, for not respecting their value, like their worth as a person and a human and respecting their, their own, you know, wishes and privacy. Um, so I think I have, I have a pretty big problem with that. So it's, it's as much as his life is messed up. I will say though, it's also tough. Like it's all, he said, she said stuff in terms of I've seen it said that he did apologize and the, the wording of it was that she didn't feel she got a sincere apology. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I don't, it's tough to say like, maybe, maybe it wasn't sincere. Maybe it was, but like at this point, like he messed up. I just, it's so, you know, none of us were there. I don't know to the extent of how much of it is true. How much, you know, obviously he made a mistake. He he's going to get, there will be, you know, uh, consequences, consequences for it. Repercussions. And, yeah. I don't know. It's one of the, I don't want to get in the middle of, of I, I don't know either side. All, all we know is we see what, what's written, what comes out. And I don't even know how much of one That's side or true. the other is. Yeah. So it's tough. But, um, um, so yeah, I mean, Kyle, that's all I got. What else for you? Anything? Yeah, I guess the only thing we'll touch on is uh, who who we got coming on next. Really, really anticipated guest. Uh, I unfortunately wasn't able to to make it, but uh, I'm really interested to, to listen along to this one. So, for anyone that's still listening to our jargon here, uh, Ilya Brzgalov took time to join us. Ilya was a Vaughn goalie in the NHL uh, for a lot of years of his career, uh, his Stanley Cup year and everything like that. But um, Briz is just an all-around great guy. I wanted to learn more about where he came from, how he got into the NHL and everything like that. Right now we deal with him for his son's goalie gear, who just was at the uh, U15 festival for uh, USA Hockey. So Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Wish it could have been there uh, when I was 15, but I was nowhere near that level. So, you know, I'll stick to what I know. Men's league hockey. Uh, but Briz, Briz told, told his story, his viewpoints on goaltending, where he thinks goalies are at now and over coaching and how he got into it. He told me a story when he was two years old, his grandpa found a pair of skates for him or made him a pair of skates or no, no, no. Sorry. At two years old, his grandpa made him his own rubber puck. And his dad made him a handmade hockey stick out of wood, obviously. Um, wow. But he handmade him his first stick. When he started playing hockey and got into his uh, town's association, he was wearing speed skates. He got into goaltending because he played with kids, like street hockey with kids that were, he played hockey outside of an association with kids that were older with him, where he would just wear like a helmet, mittens, a stick, and speed skates. The fact that he came from that and had, uh, what is it, 14, 15, 16 years in the NHL, a Stanley Cup, like he won silver at World Juniors. Like the stuff that he did coming from where he came from is very, very cool. Yeah. And, and for me, like, obviously, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you. You know, Thanks. my memories of Brzgalov were always him in Philly. And I didn't even realize until I looked it up, I'm like, he, he played way longer he had some really good years in Arizona and uh, is, he, he, you know, he was a, a starting really good goaltender in the league. And like you said, he lasts just the longevity to last that long, but uh, well, he has, he ranks of Russian born players and games played in the NHL. He's top five. So like 
for wow. him to have yeah. done that coming from his town, from his upbringing, like it's very, very cool to hear. So everybody uh, buckle up and uh, we'll see you next time. Everybody, I'm super excited to have a once in a lifetime guest. Ilya Brizgalov is with us today. Um, born in 1980, grew up in Russia, played so many years here, uh, originally starting for an amazing franchise called the Mighty Ducks, which we'll get into. But uh, Briz, how you been, man? Uh, hello, guys. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm doing great. Busy, busy, busy. You know, it's like a parent of the three kids. You, I, I didn't know you had three, Briz. How do you handle that? Uh, it's, yeah, it's not easy, but, uh, you know, we have, uh, my wife actually, she take the most of the work and we have my mother-in-law show with time with us here. You know, she helps a lot. Oh, that's awesome. So you guys have a lot of family around you hang out and raise all these hockey kids and take care of you and the dogs and everything like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We got some, like a full house, three kids, <laughs> dog, cat, you know, like, uh, just name it. You know, on the backyard, there was a squirrels, rabbits, uh, deers, whatever, uh, foxes, like, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> you got a whole farm on your hands there, right? Exactly. You know, exactly. You know, like a hawk, eagle, like even the owl, that like lives in the, right in the, what is it, in the oak. You know, yeah. it's like, it's everything. Because I guess, because we have like a, a pond. You know, it's like all the time fresh water. That's why they live in our backyard because there is a source of life out there. You know, they all the time, oh, okay, I want to drink and go there. So the Brizgalov household has the best water for all the local animals to come hang out. It, this is exactly. It's like the know. local bar, man. It's the best spot to go to. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Briz, um, I, I learned a lot just doing a lot of creep in researching and doing my journalism stuff. But uh, I, I wanted to start off and I we just went over it, but I'll probably butcher it again. So you're going to have to help me out here. But you grew up and you played all your years of youth hockey before coming to the U U.S. Uh, in Togolati, right? Russia. Yeah. Lada Taliati. Yeah. So that. That's a, I looked up the numbers. It, uh, the last time that the census did account, it was 2012, but it had around like 800,000 people. So was that a pretty small city in Russia, like very kind of close knit or? It's average, you know, like average. It's, it's you know, uh, demographic is changed. You know, it's, it's lots of politics right now. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if you want to go there and go through this <laughs> road, route, you know, but uh, it's considered like used to was like, I would say like it's average, you know, big city. It's like Moscow, 15 million, you know, yeah. next one, it's going to be St. Petersburg, probably two, two and a half, three, you know, like, and it's go like, a, you know, two, one, you know, it's like most of the cities, like it's considered big city. Oh, okay. Very yeah, cool. You, that's why I'm saying, you know, it's, you, I don't, I'm not sure if you want to go to the politics and demographic, you know, because like right now the people from the, from the small towns, because there is no job, there is uh, no opportunity for the young people. They left their cities and they go to find a better, better life in a big cities. Because there is a bigger opportunity, be more jobs available. Uh, 
uh, that's why it's right now it, it's it's tough to say but at least you know it's uh, it's pretty much same number of the people still live in our town it's like uh it's it's like a detroit okay in the case because we have a uh, big car factory oh <laughs> who build who produce the cars yes in that case you know oh so you're saying i could go live there and i could get along pretty well then yeah, motor, yeah. motor city of russia right <laughs> yeah yes motor city of russia this is exactly yes 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 and uh right now it's hit the diff- difficult times uh it was city was prosperous probably was during the mid 90s mm-hmm. when it's like a uh high demand on the russian cars everybody wants to buy russian cars you know like inside the country i mean yeah you know because during the soviet union even our country or even our city produced the cars mm-hmm. for the citizens of the russia like mm-hmm. so soviet union it was tough to buy a car you have to stay in a you have you you're supposed to receive the special permission to buy a car. Oh wow! Yeah, like my dad, for example, he working in the factory, and and he just if he even have enough money to buy a car, he just can't go and say like, okay, I want to buy this car because mm-hmm. it's impossible. You yeah. need a special permission from the factory, from the government, you know, from the town to buy a car, because again. They, it's not produced enough the cars to for the uh, for the Soviet Union itself, mm-hmm. and many cars was shipped and is a trade barter. You know, like for example, to China, to Finland, yep. or somewhere else, in, so, to somebody else to pay for. For example, I, I don't know for some to China, for example, for the piece of like. Uh, Pork, you know, lots of pork imported from China with the cars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, it's lots of politics out there. It's, uh, I mean, anywhere you go, it's kind of like that. But that's interesting, though, Briz, because like you brought up, you know, you grew up in, in the Soviet Union. There's the Cold War going on. You were born in 1980. And when you were getting into hockey, or I guess the question would be, first off, is how did you get into hockey? Like, did your dad play Obviously, there's a lot of popularity with the sport, but I know kind of getting into hockey is an interesting thing in Russia. That's so, so they say, right? No, uh, I don't know. I I have a pictures when I was two years old and I already with the stick and puck. And I always oh. have, a, I have always passion to play uh, hockey. My dad, he like uh, made me stick, handmade stick. And my godfather made me uh, uh, rubber puck, you know. Wow. And I start playing when I was two years old. And I even remember right now, It's you will be surprised. I was like in the kindergarten. I was probably four or five years old. And I always asked my dad, like, dad, could you pick me up early? Because there was a very famous tournament was, if you remember, I don't know if you searched, it was all the time in Moscow was a uh, Izvestia Prize. It was okay. a newspaper. And it was always like uh, teams like, Team Czechoslovakia, Finland, uh, Sweden, Soviet Union, and also was you remember there was a Canadian program was uh, n- national team was used to was uh, 
go all over the world every year to prepare for the world championship or for the Olympics. There was like a program. And they always there, you know, for this tournament. They always ask my dad, you know, pick me up early from the kindergarten, make sure I can uh, catch the games. <laughs> and he didn't mind, he pick it up. And uh, I always want to play. And uh, officially, I was uh, accepted to the hockey school when I was like eight years old. So how, when you say accepted, how do you have to get accepted? Like, do you have to have prior skills? Like, are you playing what we would call like mites here, learning to skate, and then you go try out for the school? Or how did that work? Uh, in Soviet Union, there was, in that time, was like, it was 80, 88, yes. Uh, they, like, my team started like 87, because when you officially turned like seven years old they opened all this like facility for the kids like you know like soccer hockey whatever handball volleyball you know like when you turn seven years old and you will be surprised there is nothing i was just came to the hockey ring and i asked like i would love to be a hockey player they say like what uh my birth year i said like uh 80 he said like this is the 79th your birth year skates tomorrow and certain month, like I say, like for 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Come come tomorrow and talk to the coach. Uh, next day I came three o'clock, came to the coach, said like, I want to be a hockey player and I want to play for your team. He said, no problem. You have a skates, helmet, um, gloves, you know, stick. I like, yeah, I have a skates. I have a uh, mittens, helmet and, <laughs> and the stick. He said like, okay, tomorrow is the practice. And Soviet Union, they have no right to uh, deny you, if, hmm. I, if it makes sense. You know what okay. I mean? In Soviet Union, if I want to play hockey, yeah. I came, and we probably have like 60 players. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of sitting around then, eh? <laughs> yeah, there was like, they divide the ice for the like three, like, you know, for the... From the goal line to blue line to uh, blue uh, from the blue line the to blue. blue line to make sure we have like a, you know, because they have no rights to deny. You know, okay. they can't say like, okay, uh, okay, we have already enough kids. You know, yeah. go somebody. No, no, you want to play? Okay, and this is was like a natural natural selection for them, right? Okay. Somebody will say, oh, it's not for me. and going to be quit in the ma- in a year, you know, in a half a year, you know, it's going to be nobody, maybe somebody not coming back in a two years, you know. And the number was reduced, reduced, reduced. And when we was like 15, 16 years old, uh, we have like a three lines of forwards and three pair of D and two goals. That's it. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy for you to have fought through like, uh, let's say a pool of 60 to like, where you are today, Briz, is really insane. And then hearing you, like you started out at, you know, two, three years old with a handmade puck and a handmade stick, like to have gone through that journey is pretty incredible. Um, And it's really exciting to hear. But how did you get into the net then? Like when you were nine, eight or nine, when you joined that team, did you jump right in the goal or did you want to be a player? You know, I have like... First of all, when we play with the uh, in the neighborhood, we play hockey or soccer. I always play with the bigger boys, and usually, who's supposed to be in the net? 
youngest. Yeah. They always throw me in the net, you know, where it's going to be soccer, a handball, whatever. It's a hockey, you know, bracelet. And I, I was like, I was pretty good, you know. That, that's why they also yeah, put me in the net. And when I came to the hockey school, like I said, you know, I came in the 88. Year later, my team is already was was assembled as a, and they practice as a team one year, and they already have some skills on on the skates, you know, like with the puck. And I I came and I watched and said like, okay, I'm a worst of the worst right now here, you know. I'm like I'm really bad compared. Yeah, you got to gotta catch up, right? Yeah, I got to catch up, and like I think, and, and also they have like hockey skates. I have like a speed skating skates. Mm-hmm. It's total different, you know, like it's like it's a leather, it's it's give me no support. It's very I long, was like, flat. I, I was like a cow on the ice, you know, it was it was like really, really bad. And like I was like not thinking like, oh, I should be like up front right now and play offense right away, you know. No, I like uh I, I would say like with a sober mind, I realized like okay, I need lots and lots of work to do. And I said, thinking like, okay, get back to the net and uh, learn how to skate. And I will probably gonna be maybe change the position. We'll see. But when I get in the net without equipment, you know, like I have, like I said, you know, like just the helmet mittens and the speed skating skates, you know, and the stick. I still catching the puck and coach watching me and said like, dude, like, do you want to be a goalie? I'm like said like, why not? You know, actually, I was a f- absolutely first person who get the goalie gear. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because in that time, we not buying the gear too. They give us the gear. Yeah, they provide. Yeah. yeah, it was. That was not wound, of course. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not in Russia at that time. Maybe no, not yet. No, no, there was not wound, but there was like I, I don't know. There was not not even a name on the on the equipment you know it was but just it was old maybe... school leather baby with the deer hair <laughs> yeah then yeah horse hair horse yeah. hair it was, yeah it was heavy and like full of uh holes it's it, it's 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 terrible but it's at least something you know mm-hmm. yeah and that's how i became a goalie and it, it's funny because like obviously you have uh your son that's going through the ranks now and his story is going to be a little bit different in terms of the way hockey develops here um but my question to you is a lot of goalies that grew up in your era learned how to just do the position, like you said, playing street hockey, doing it on their own. Now today, kids at eight, nine, 10 years old, at least in the U.S. for sure, and I'm assuming Russia because you look at how well the goalies are getting drafted out of Russia each year, are getting coaching so early on. Did you ever have experience with a goalie coach at your association in your town or were you just learning to play the position on your own? On my own, on my own. And like, first, my, my first professional coach was uh, Francois Allard in Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. When I came, yeah. When I came to uh, Anaheim. And by that time, you're 20, 21 years old when you first got here, right? Yeah. 21 years old. Yeah. So with that being said, not having a goalie coach, I mean, did you watch a lot of like who inspired you, I guess? Like, did you have a favorite goalie you watched and learned from, or was it just not, not, not really. I learned like on a pure instinct. Okay. This worked for me and I catch in the puck. I going to do it. I was 
fighting with my coaches like uh on the team they're like oh, why are you going down why are you like sitting on your knees you know they put the box in my in my pads make sure i'm not going down you know to, and i would make sure i hurt my knees like you know i'm gonna more stand up goalie but how do you explain i said like but this is work for me you know that's how i stop in the park like what's your problem guys you know <sighs> the head coaches but, will never get it you know they never will yeah if, if it's not it's not always it's just another smart people you know but so, some of the coaches they said hey Eli, if it's work for you you know do it do your thing you know like we want the games you know like you you stop the pucks you know it doesn't matter we'll do whatever you want out there <laughs> well, that's i mean that's what every coach says now is like hey whatever you gotta do just stop the puck i don't care how you do it <laughs> exactly exactly but it is always like a special coaches who's like they pretend they knows everything and like and they expert in uh in the forwards d in a team concept game and a power play and a penalty kill and also in a goaltending you know they like they like overwhelming and <laughs> they know it all. Um, now, you did get to play in a World Junior Championship in 1999-2000 season. Was that your first uh, like, first ever taste of international play against other countries? No, no, no. My first experience probably – our national team was first time was assembled uh, was probably 94, 95. Okay. And – before that, it, uh, we played the international tournaments, international games. No, it's it's junior world championship. It's like a, how do you say? It's the last bloom, you know, of the youth hockey. Yeah, before your that, final, your final yeah, song. Yeah, before 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 that, yeah, it's like for example, uh, in, in DTP hockey, you'd hear in the United States, mm-hmm. you know, they assemble the team like in, when they're 16 years old, they play international tournaments too, you know, like against the international teams like Sweden, Russians, and another one, and, and when they turn the 18, they play the world championship but before that they still play in the international tournament same thing in russia same thing like they, they're gonna play against each other you know what i mean that's yeah, why cool. yeah um now jumping into your first year pro like you said you had uh your first goalie coach when you're 2021 20, obviously you come over and you're with the mighty ducks of anaheim uh incredible franchise name by the way but uh your first year in america was you mainly played your games in Cincinnati. I mean, that being your your first impression of the US had to be a little uh little funny. What did you think of Cincinnati? Ah, uh, listen. I was like pretty much spent like a, probably a month in uh, Anaheim with uh-huh. the team because yeah, came early practice with them. They keep me a little bit longer because some of the goalie have an injury, you know, mm-hmm. like I I was in a few. Uh, I was in a road trip with the team first. My road trip. Uh, actually, I was official. My first game official was like in uh, against the Maple Leafs and the NHL before the. <laughs> Uh, it was not a start, but was uh, I replaced the Shieldsy, you know, like in the mid of second period. That, have a good game. Have a good game. It was, to, I guess, was 12 shots, only one goal I allowed, you know, maybe 13. Uh, uh, in the old Maple Leaf Garden. Yeah, that's classic. Kids dream of playing there. 
yeah. And uh, after that, uh, yeah, we come back. And basically, I spent pretty much one month in California. You know, sunny, great weather. Beautiful know. city. <laughs> yes, yes. We, uh, also, we, we, was, we was the part of the... Uh, yeah, we own by the Disneyland. They give us some like uh, special passes, you know, when you can go to the Disneyland for free, you know, have like discounts for everything, like 40%, you know, like uh, you can go many times as you can, wherever it is. Also, the Los An- uh, Anaheim Angels yep. was owned by the Disneyland too. You just ask for the tickets and they give you tickets for the for the nice box you know with the food you get there and watching the baseball there was we had like like <laughs> we're having good time you're living it's, like a king out there <laughs> yeah yeah and when they send me to the uh cincinnati i have no idea what is cincinnati you know they give me the ticket i pack my stuff and arrive and i arrive and uh when i get off the plane i don't know somebody picked me up out there but and there is no airport in Cincinnati. It's uh, it's in Kentucky airport. Yep. Uh, and it was it was a long drive to the hotel because it was a traffic time. You know, it was like rush hour, and also it was a re- huge rain, low clouds, and like after the after the Anaheim, I was like, oh my god, uh, what a disaster. Uh, and when I get to the hotel, they put me in a four, four points, four points hotel compared to where we stay in Anaheim. Like, oh my God, again, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm going to, and when I saw the wrinkles the next day when we practiced, you know, like uh, somebody was picking me up and like uh, old Cincinnati Garden was in a really bad area, you know, like abandoned the houses with the with blocked with the wood, you know, windows. You yeah, know, the blown out like houses, a, boarded yeah. up, shut down. Yeah. I'm like, oh boy. That was a tough transition, you know. But after that, you get used to it a little bit, you know, and start playing the games, having fun. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, to be a kid that comes from Russia, you see America for the first time and you get all the cool, like, American movie stuff. You're in California, you're going to Disneyland, you're seeing baseball games in the VIP suites, all the food's catered, there's drinks, like, it's a good time. And then they, they're like, hey, Briz, we got to send you to Cincinnati, here's your tickets. <laughs> and you fly into a yeah. rainstorm and you just see, like, the tough parts of Cincy. It's a, uh, it's a nice place. It's not a, a terrible place I'm making it sound awful, but um, it's no, 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 no. Don't get spot. me. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yes. No, Cincinnati, it's a good city, you know, good family city. You know, there is a good, good areas out there. I, I, you just asked me about the impression, you know, like how it was changed <laughs> from the Anaheim to Cincinnati and what I saw. I played there for years, you know, yep. like it was like, after that, when I find a good spot to live, you know, good areas, when you start learning where's the restaurants and shopping and other stuff, you're like, oh, I'm cool with here, you know, like, of course you want to play in NHL, but it was like, so still have a, like friends out there, you know, I have still have a friends out there, you know, who lives. So no, it was totally fun. Just first impression when it's like from the transition from NHL to, uh, to AHL. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a little different than living in Anaheim, sunny, sunny California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, also with when you travel with uh, Anaheim, you know, you still you stay in like five star hotels, you know, like, yeah, and you know, it's uh, everything. Yeah, it's like, the food. NHL lifestyle, baby. Yeah, food, everything, you know, like, and we start playing for the AHL team, you know, like, you're like, okay, you got some pasta, chicken, and Caesar salad, That that's your lunch. Every day, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than this, Briz. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, because I know, like, I have a lot of friends that are international. They come from other countries and stuff. And I always ask them because their first impression of America is the movies. And in the movies, you get a lot of the, you know, just classic American stereotypes, a little bit of arrogance, a little bit of, you know, this, that, and the other thing. What were some American stereotypes that you keyed in on when you first got here? I don't know about the stereotypes, but you know, like uh, uh, what I was, what what pissed me off most, you know, like when they uh, when they make the stupid jokes, like you know, like uh, they like put some uh, they cut your like laces, you know what I mean before the practice. Or put some uh, shaving uh, cream, you know, on your face, you know, yeah. or something like. Or what? Uh, what pissed me off most when they make some stupid jokes about like family fam- uh, mem- family members, you know what yeah. I mean? In Russia, for example, it's forbidden. It's a fight right away. Yeah. They like accept it, yes, because like it, it's a low play, you know. Yeah. I mean, you- make the uh, jokes about like a parents or somebody in russia it's forbidden it's gonna they, they're gonna be rip your head right away seriously oh i believe you yeah here it's a normal that's for me it was like guys are you like idiots you know, like, <laughs> no, so- I, don't get me wrong there was like uh, i would say like no lots of idiots in the team was like like real idiots you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, so it's safe to say, Briz, you weren't the biggest prankster, your mama joke fan, huh? No, I liked I, I loved a good joke, you know, yeah. but there was like uh, some uh, areas in, with the restrictions where you cannot cross the line, you know what I mean? For sure. Hey, you should, should, if you are intelligent enough, you uh, probably should create the jokes separated from the families you know what i mean yeah keep it make it funny and keep it away from the personal stuff yeah yeah exactly (laughs) um we got to get into it i can't i can't overlook it you had the incredible run in 06 07 with anaheim um and I, i i read some reports and i read like a lot of the backup of of that cup run and like it wasn't one of those where you I guess I should phrase it like this. Briz, you had a huge point in keeping Anaheim in there when JS kind of went down with injury, right? Like you had to jump into mid playoffs and backstop that team to keep everybody moving forward, which when, from a goalie standpoint, we can all appreciate it being in the goalie union when, you know, like you call on your number two guy and he steps up and he's stealing games for you and winning games and you're continuing forward on a playoff run that's exactly what that guy's job is to do. And you give them the utmost respect when you were going through that playoff cup run, the Stanley cup run, how did it feel? Cause you were very early on in your career still here. 
Uh, it's awesome. Before that, we had a good success. Uh, 05, 06, we lost in the uh, conference final, too. Yep. And I had a good run, too, out there. You know, uh, lots of good games played, you know. And 06, uh, 07, too, they like, yeah, Jiggy uh, have some family issues and in the end of the regular seasons. Oh, that's what it was. I apologize. Yeah, it was a family thing. Yeah, family issues in the end of the regular seasons. Yeah, it was I step up. We played two games in Columbus against San Jose, and yeah, and against the Minnesota. Uh, you know, you just go out there and you play and try to win the every game for the team, give them best opportunity to win the games. And yeah, and like we won three nothing. We take a lead three nothing, and soon as I lose the first game against the Minnesota, it was in Minnesota, and we still have a lead three one. Uh, I knew I'm not gonna play anymore. <laughs> That's the way she bounces, right? Uh, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Whatever they is, like coaches say, like yeah, we have a one A, one B goal is, but you just you just know, you know, like. And they was not wrong. They stick with the jiggy. We all benefit. We all win the Stanley Cup. And uh, I'm not mad. Okay, just it is what it is. You know, like I'm I'm a player and not and I'm not I'm not a guy who make the decisions who who is going to be on the ice. You know, I just practice there, helping the team to be a nice, good teammate. If they call me to play the games. I go out there and play again and give best chance, give the best chance to win the game for the team again. And end of the day, like I said, we all, all uh, benefited. Like I said, you know, we all win the Stanley Cup. We our names out there, rings on the fingers, you know. And like I said, after that, I was never get close to the winning the Stanley Cup. Second round out, second round out. It's, I mean, it's one of those paths. I think it's the toughest. It's the toughest, you want to call a championship, trophy, anything like that. The Stanley Cup run is one of the toughest playoffs to fight through when you're going through game sevens and everything like that because it, it, it takes such a special room, and I'm talking a team, to be able to do what you got to do. You have to have all the right pieces to go deep, 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 and then, you know, finally bring it home. Um, but after that here, Briz, like, when you guys went into that uh, Stanley Cup party, how crazy was that? Because you were, let's see, 25, 26, right? And that moment I was 26, I should turn 27. How crazy was that Stanley Cup party for you? Oh, <laughs> uh, we was like, uh, we was walk, walking out. There was like, everything was like a tent was set up outside. It was like champagne everywhere. It was lovely, you know, like uh, food. Every, it was like, everything was already prepared. We knew, we knew we we're going to win the Stanley Cup as soon as we beat the Detroit. Yeah. Nobody even have a doubt we're going to, there is no way we're going to lose Ottawa. That was like that. There is just no way they're going to beat us four times. Mm-hmm. And they have a good team, but don't get me wrong, but there was uh, our roster was like uh, Niedermeyer, Silani, you know, like we got some like uh, <laughs> Pronger, you know, we got some Kunitz, like um, we got some hell of a team. There, and we knew there is, there is no way. Yeah. I mean, G- that you yeah, guys were Jiggy so dominant. Was on top of, Jiggy was on top of his gear. Yeah, it was like 
we have a good, just a strong team, and we knew there is like nobody can beat us four times. You know what I mean? Even Detroit can beat us four times. There is no way out of it. Yeah, that was tough watching as a kid, but hey, it's the way she goes. I'm happy for you, Briz. You, you walked away with your cup, so it is what it is. Um, I mean, after that moment, like you walk away, you're a winner, you know, like you want a Stanley Cup. It's something every kid dreams of. Do you ever, like, would, did you think back in that moment to where you came from in Russia and like how incredible it was to make that feat? No, I don't think that way. Like, you know, you're just like, oh my God, it's over. You're so tired. You're so exhausted. <laughs> you know, like, you're like, oh my God, that's it. It's done. You know, we don't have to fly anymore anywhere. You know, we don't have to practice. It's it because you're exhausted, you know, you're exhausted physically, you're exhausted um, uh, morally. Did I say it right? Like, yeah, you're like emotional, yes, yes, oh. like um, emotionally, you know, like physically. It is like you empty, just, you know, like it's it, you're just happy, it's everything, it, it's over, you know, you're just thinking about like, and next two days they say, like, okay. Let's measure the fingers for the rings, you know, like, oh, my God, get team, team pictures. Okay, give us a date when you get one a cup, you know, in, in your town. You're like, oh, my God, you just, you, you're like, hold on, let, let us enjoy. Everybody you know? slow down for a second. Yeah, there's no time because, like, it's, like, mid of June, you know, it's, like, and it has to be, like, everything quick, you know. Mm-hmm. Cap to have to travel through the many countries, you know, like the need to schedule. You think like, oh, when am I gonna be at home? You know, like, oh my god. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's uh, it's a once in a lifetime experience. Um, but now I I did read something interesting here, Briz, on your Wikipedia, and I did not know this before. It says you spent five summers attending college in Russia, where you actually earned your degree which allows you to teach and coach in Russian schools. And uh, I understand that your big uh, focus or one of your favorite topics was philosophy. Is that right? Uh, I was, yes, yes. Five years, yes. I spent uh, in uh, my hometown university. Yes, I have, like, if, because right, right now to be even the hockey coach, you have to be, uh, you go through the special hockey school again. Mm-hmm. Or you have to be like uh, graduate from the university. Make sure you have a uh, how's it diploma. Yeah, like yeah, graduation, a degree, yeah. a diploma. Yep. Yeah. To 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 teach the kids. Yeah. When were you, right when did you start street. doing that? Uh when I was in uh, when I was playing in Russia, I was uh, I was uh, when I was eighteen years old. After the school, I went to the university and I graduated and. Uh, uh, yes 2023 oh wow so then oh not not 2023 sorry it was like 2003 2003 yeah i know yeah. what you mean so like in between when you had summers off between seasons you just go home and then continue study yeah yeah i even studied during the season you know i submit the papers and everything man yeah. you're a committed scholar briz i love that you know, because never know what can happen, you know, in your life that my suggestion to the kids, you know, and I always talking to my son, guys, don't rely only on the hockey. Mm-hmm. There is only few spots. It's only few of spots out there, even like in NHL, in the colleges, like guys, you have the opportunity, you know, go to the colleges, get the education, don't rely on the hockey. Well, there's so much more to life than sport. Like as much as like we live this game, obviously, Briz, 
we wake up, we go to the rinks, we're fighting on the weekends, you know, you're, you're doing hockey all the time, but there's, uh, for people that don't always get that opportunity, like there's always more to life. You know, there's a lot more things that you can apply yourself to and you can take your competitive edge to other things in life. And whether you're, you know, trading options, you're doing real estate or, you know, you're doing, you're studying science. Like there's so many other things that you can take your competitiveness and, you know, your, your work ethic too. So it's, I, I like that you push that with your, your kids and your family. Um, but I did want to ask, because it seems like you've always been a scholar. You've always been studying your learning because everybody, obviously, you know, like the nickname, Mr. Universe and how much you love to study that kind of thing. I relate to you a lot in that philosophy where I think like when I saw that and I was watching the 24 seven, it made me just think like you have the understanding that when we're floating on this rock in the universe, like we're so, so, so small, like, like the Stanley cup, you talk about winning it, you know, um, the NFL, you're playing any type of sport and you win a championship. It's an incredible feat. But at the end of the day, we're just so, so small in the grand scheme of things. It's really an incredible thing to think about. Yeah. Um, we like so small, even in a solar system, yeah. we're not talking about our galaxy. And the galaxy was in the universe. You know, our galaxy is relatively small in the universe. It's you microscopic. Know? <laughs> yeah, we, we absolutely, we don't exist. We, I am not invisible, you know what I mean? And sometimes, yeah, you start thinking about the big things and you're like, all our problems here is like, sometimes like, damn, why I should worry about even this, huh? Yep. Yeah, I, uh, I totally get it. Like you worry about the smallest things in the world whether you're like your suit doesn't fit right or your food's late or something stupid like that it's like it really doesn't matter it's so small now with that topic i want to ask what are your thoughts on all these billionaires trying to get in the space is that pretty cool it's cool but it's all hype you know they just yeah. try to make in the money push the uh push well, what is it the the market and uh how this is the stocks Publicity. higher 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 you know get it's a i think it's a greed make a uh, move driven them you know like it's nothing else you know but it's again you know how much how, how, how much more money you need huh yep Oh, get my stocks higher, higher, get richer and richer. You have like $130 billion. What else you need, huh, guys? Like the CEO of Amazon who, you know, everybody talks about his tax returns and it's like, okay, we got to pump this stock. We're going we're gonna to send this phallic uh, spaceship into the, uh, the atmosphere and then we can see how long we can hang out up there. It's, it's really stupid when you think about it. Yeah, you know what? It, it, it's basically for me, like I, I watch and it's all hype and they just try, try to push it. This they stocks to the limit, get more money. Yeah, it's more publicity for their yeah. company. And that just inflates uh, stock prices, right? Like, oh, look what Amazon's going to do. Look what Tesla's going to do. I don't know. Virgin Galactic, you know, oh my God. <laughs> I always forget that Virgin still exists as a company. Um with all that being said here, Briz, I wanted to ask, were you a pretty superstitious goalie early on? Did you, like, as you got older, did things change as you had a family? What were you like, like, pregame in the room and stuff? Um, no, I'm not really superstitious, you know. There was a certain, certain, I wouldn't say it's superstitious. It was a certain pattern to do something because it's more like a habit. Yeah, you already. have your routine, yeah. right? 
Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it's superstitious. Superstitious is, yeah, something like, oh, I got to kick the, for example, post three times before the game starts, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I was not like that, you know. That's good. That's, uh, I'm not going to lie, a little surprising, but, uh, but yeah, I think. No, you know, I was like, okay, I get, uh, I get to the locker room. Okay. I tape my stick because you have to tape it because you can't go on the ice with like a rip tape, you know, it's, excuse me, it's an HL, you know, Yeah, this is the national you're league. not playing. Yeah. It's, you're not playing in a beer league. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you have to tape it. Okay. Got it. After that, you make like, okay get some bagel you know with the coffee or with the tea you know because um it's time to eat you know yeah. before the game live because last time you have a lunch was i would say like okay it was 1 p.m you know and then game at seven you have to eat something you know eat some bar or whatever uh get some stretch warm up you know and usual routine meetings and you go nice and play the game that's it keep it simple yes yes um, I like it though, because at the same time, like me and, uh, Adam Burkle, who works out of the, the office, I don't know if you've ever met him. He helps out with me and, uh, Scotty Hughes, your rep, obviously. Um, we were talking about how you, you have to be seeing this by now because of, uh, Vladdy playing, but goalie coaching today and the way goalies in the U S have to operate is like we give them so much information like, all right, well, if he's on the quarter wall, he's on the half wall, this is where we have to be. We got to reverse VH here. If it's a, a he's crossing rainbow road and it's a pass down low, like this is how we have to do it. There's so much that information, which that is where the game is going because the players are so talented, but do you think we're over coaching goalies here? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I'm totally, I agree. Uh, I, I have experience right now, you know, like I watching the other goalie coaches, you know, they're teaching certain things to uh, other goalies. I have a good experience. My son was participating in a national development camp during this summer. And I saw that another goalie coaches work with the kids, you know what I mean? And they give <sighs> There was a technique. Goalies are supposed to be technically prepared. But you can't teach like certain situation. It's again, it's come up from the from the inside. You know what I mean? It's instincts. A, instincts, yes. You know what I mean? If, for example, oh, he's in that angle, and you're supposed to be here, uh, like in a reverse VH or whatever VH, uh, whatever I you choose, <laughs> whatever. I don't even know how it's called right now. You know, it's a VH reverse VH. It's a, I get lost. Oh, and you got, but it's a certain, it, it, like, again, you can do that because it's like certain situation is going to be like, okay, what is the player in the back door? You can't sit in the reverse VH because on a VH, it's good. If it's pass going through, you're never going to be able to get there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just give them a tool, but don't overcoach. Yeah. Yeah. It's, give, I, it's Give them a tools, but still give them a freedom to do things. And I think your point is it's instinct and it's feel because you could be, you could talk about everyone's like hockey IQ, watch him analyze this play. You know, there's a, there's that magazine out there. That's like, Oh, you gotta, 
you know, Briz is going to break down his two on one, but at the end of the day, it's just, it's a read one. It's a two on one play. You might look at like what hand the guy's shooting and the, the, the guy driving exactly. in the middle, he's shooting, he's a right-handed shot. So he could one time. And after that, like, you just got to feel it out, right? Like you have the tools, you understand your butterfly, you could slide, you could shuffle, see, see cut T push, whatever it is you're going to do to make your save. But like I, we, we analyze the position so much that I think personally we're, we're giving so much information to kids that it's like you're you're there in their head before they can do anything and make a decision on the ice. And yeah, you can see, you you can see that, you know, they like, there is, there is no free will in this goal is, you know what I mean? They let you watch and like, it's like a a majority of them. It's like a bunch of uh, small robots, you know, like they like, they go in this situation and they see they like, Oh, they're like, yeah, they on a, reverse vh they always they using it where they need it and they no don't need it you know like doesn't matter you know and sometimes like oh guys you overuse it's a problem i think it's a problem is uh also the quality of the coaching that's that 100 could be it but my my big thing that i want to drive home for everybody listening for all those hockey moms, hockey dads, and goalie coaches, goalie parents, everything like that. I mean, Briz, you played 14 years pro hockey. And when you look at the statistics, you are top five in Russian-born goalies with NHL games played. And just the conversation we had, like, growing up, you just played the game. You obviously, you learn as you get older. You understand different situations. But you just, you get you went out there and you stopped pucks. And it wasn't like you never played at this crazy acrobatic style like the dominator used to you just got out there you feel the game and you play right as a goaltender yeah yeah but yes they get some they give me like um, they adjust my technique here a little bit yep. bring it to the i would say like tweaks uh yeah they adjust it yeah they make it good because but again but for example skating skills I learned it in Russia, you know, like without this base, you can't go anywhere. Yeah. You can't do anything if you can't move on your edges. Right. Yeah. Um, now I, this takes me to my next topic, which is perfect. Obviously we, we talked about this a little bit beforehand. Um, right now, Russia is a very, very hot country for goalies getting drafted. Um, we've seen every year they're, they're top two, top three goalies getting, getting, uh, drafted here for the NHL. Um, my thing is, we just had a discussion about what I think some of the problems are in the U.S. Obviously, the game's getting faster. Goalies need to be smarter. But at the same time, like, how much are we overdoing? What do you think the difference is for Russia versus the U.S.? That's Why is Russia producing so many high-end quality goaltenders? be honest, I have no idea. Okay. You know, I'm like, most of the, my life right now, I live here. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, I have, I, I lost the connection with the Russian youth hockey. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but you can see like every year, yes. Like look at it, it's a half a league right now in NHL. It's a great Russian goalies. Yep. Yep. And like and where I, I don't know. I don't know how. And maybe some certain coach. I don't I don't know. But they all come up from the different places, from the different towns. You know, like I, I don't know. Maybe it's this was this talented group of age, you know. Like I don't know. What be honest, everything. I have no idea. 
Yeah, it's, it's they, such an interesting topic. Yeah, they like they so good on the skates, how they move, they read the game, you know, like a, all all over, you know, like. Yeah, that's I, the the question is I I I'd love to sit down with some NHL or Russian goalie coaches to figure out like, is it just you know the philosophy of where it's like it's a lot of instinct, it's not over coaching, or is it a different style? Is it breaking down situations? It's. It's very interesting from a goalie well, standpoint. May, sorry to interrupt you. You may be surprised. Maybe it's nothing to do with the Russian coaches. Maybe they was coaching maybe somewhere in Sweden and in Finland. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We don't know yet. Again, you know what I mean? Maybe it's somebody. Could just be the athlete, Russia. right? Yeah. It's like, we don't know yet. You know, like, where these coaches learn? Like, not coaches, goalie learn where, where they get through. For sure. Um, now... Is you've obviously in your life you've turned the page where now you're on the outside of the glass and you're watching your son play and like you said you were just at the uh, the festival this year for uh, the 15s and everything playing they go all the goalies you know the best kids in the country go out there and play and learn and do uh, do a tournament style and everything like that what's is it I mean for a goalie parent are you stressed out when you watch his games are you overanalyzing do you kind of just like in the car ride home, say he has a good or bad game, do you just let him go with it? Or do you kind of give him some tips and tricks here and there? What's your role having been playing? No, like I'm really calm. You know, after the game, yes, if he played great, I will tell him, like, you play unbelievable, you have a great game. If he played bad, I will always tell him, I'm not going to be like sugar-coated, say, like, oh, honey, you're so good too, you know. Like, no, <laughs> you, you play bad, dude, you play bad. This is the goal, for example, when is everything like emotions come down, we're going to start like, okay, in this goal, uh, try to record him and say like, oh, look, what did you do wrong here? He's like, oh, yeah, I, I supposed to do this or that mm-hmm. here. Oh, yeah, I know I did wrong here. They said like, oh, see, already two goals, for example. It's a different game. Mm-hmm. If you do right things and you know you should do that in this situation, for example, he's like, yeah, it's going to be a different game, absolutely. And you're going to be feel, look different. It's going to be, for example, not 5-3 or, or not 5-2. It's going to be like 3-2. It's different game for the yeah. team, for you. Safe percentage, goal against everything. It's just that these two stupid mistakes, you can easily eliminate it. Mm-hmm. For example, and these three goals is good. For example, three goals out of five, two bad ones. It's a it's a huge difference. Yep, it's a game changer. Like you said, yeah. like momentum, the way your team feels, everything like that. It changes the game completely. So those are the things where you got to kind of know, like, hey, I, you got to have these, right? Yeah, we, we we talk about yeah, we we like we find the mistake, what's wrong, and then we move on. I'm not going to be like, sit like, I'm not going to stay over top of this. Like, say, like, okay, you so, okay. We, we figure out where's the problem. That's it. We move on. We move on. If it's a technical game. problem, we're going to work on the ice. You know, if it's just a mistake, you just uh, find that mistake, say, like, yeah, that, this, this, I should make the different move out there. You so. just yell at him and tell him, just be better. I want to be proud of you. Just be better. No, buddy. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not yelling. No, he's not worth it. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, just you, in a regular voice, you explain him instead. Yep. Um, now you, it sounds like you do get out there and you skate with him a lot, eh? Oh, uh, yes, we do. We, uh, like I have a practice with him today at one o'clock. 
Cool. Is it like you, you and the team, or do you just go out there with a few shooters and just do a goalie session? Oh, no, yes. Me and one shooter. Yeah. Yeah. With a few shooters. So it's I mean, going to be technique. This is the technique practice today. I try to keep him like twice, like no, three with a, with a school and travel right now. Yeah. He tried to skate three times with the team and twice with me, sometimes one time. And I'm working just the technique. That's awesome. When you uh, you score a goal, you go a little bar down on him. You give him a little celly toe. And you just celly. No, <laughs> I, I can't score, but it's very rarely, very rarely. My muffins uh, <laughs> not good enough <laughs> anymore. Um, <laughs> lastly, here, Briz, I wanted to ask you: What's one thing hockey gave you that you absolutely cherish? Whether it's you know Stanley Cup, a memory, um, a favorite city, favorite person, anything like that. Family. My family and memories like of the, my career, you know, because it's like, yeah, most of the people think like Stanley Cup. There was uh, just a whole career, you know. I, I I'm really appreciate hockey. They give me the, all that kind of opportunity. Families, travel, uh, meet, meeting the great people, uh, having a lots of friends. Uh, I saw the world, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, what can hockey can give you guys, you know, like it's just outside of the game itself. There's so many things that come with it. Relationships, the travel cities you never thought you'd ever be able to visit and see. Like you got to fly all over the U.S. You got to play in Toronto in your first NHL game. And when you came in with relief, like it's just unbelievable memories that you'll have forever. Um, Briz, do you have a favorite teammate you played with here in the in the NHL? Yeah, probably. I always like uh, praise the Scott Niedermeyer. Really? Yeah. Good leader, or what about yeah. him? He just a he's a great leader. Yeah, this is the you know he's a great captain, great leader. You know, like he always there for you. You know, to help, uh, to talk. You know, to explain. Just you know, and he was a great example of the player supposed to be the the ideal nhl captain right yeah 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 um so briz i want to leave you with this this quick small story and it's my favorite story that scotty always tells when we talk about gear and like signings and stuff like that also scotty hughes says hi by the way yeah um, very he like he like, like yeah i tried to reach him he's not never answered his phone i guess he's too busy he's a big shot right now i guess yeah, he's a big timer. <laughs> um, but my favorite story that Scotty ever gave me about Ilya Brizgalov was you guys were sitting, I forget where, somewhere in the country. You guys were doing an autograph signing at like a gear store. He's hanging out. You guys are sitting Monkey there. Monkey probably. Yeah, that, I think that, that was it. In California. Exactly. And it, some people came up to you and they, you know, oh, Briz, like we're huge fans. We Can you sign this, you know, blah, blah. I'm a goalie too. Hey, Briz, what kind of gear do you wear? And you leaned over, like, turn your head behind Scotty's ear and said, hey, Scotty, what gear do I wear? <laughs> and Scotty had to tell you. Um, I mean, the, my favorite thing about that I've learned dealing, you know, in this industry and working with pro goalies is, like, nobody knows what they wear. They just wear what's comfortable. And after that, like, it's always same as, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, like I was like was like my favorite was Wow, you know, like probably they asking like what model, you know, like it was yeah. like V three maybe where it's like I have like I know I wearing the my comfortable one Wow, you know, like I was my favorite. My son, he's like he loves the equipment right now too. He's like wearing. He's like no, 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 my equipment is Wow. That's it. I'm gonna go with it and stick with it. But. I, I guess they're asking about the models, but you like, there is not real, like, you know, in the NHL, like you have, like, okay, you have a name Vaughn, but there is no real models, you know, because there is so many different uh, kinds. If, you, know, you know, like specifics, like, are you going to be adjustable here, 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 oh, yeah. you know, like customize, you know what I mean? It's, it's not became, for example, V8 anymore, you know, <laughs> you know, it's a something different animal glove, you know, or a blocker. It's like, it's, Especially in the pads, you know, you know, like a padding here will be the remove here, like a strap over here, you know. It's it's you do an amazing job with the customizing the stuff, yeah. Well, that was the funny part. Like when we were talking about Vladdy's stuff this summer, I'm like, hey, like, does he want to get a get into the V9? <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Just keep it the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I always, you know, like he likes it, but I said, like, they always come up with something new with the something great idea maybe you should try and check you know we see uh maybe it's gonna be even better because like when you try to explain him ever it well what's the difference he's like ah oh, maybe i should try because first of all when they heard that like, oh my god what is it you know like is it gonna be good or not you know they kind of like maybe should i stick what will already work with me but sometimes uh yeah things like uh new things it's like they improve like yeah like a sliding like or something else like that you know like and some people easy to for the changes some is need to be take the time to to go through the process absolutely um well briz i thank you again so much for the time and you know sitting down and chatting with me uh when you get you know, if you ever get a chance where you're in Detroit or maybe we're out east and we're in your area near New York, New Jersey, we'll uh, we'll have to hit you up and we'll we'll come by. We'll show Vladdy some new stuff and maybe we can spec him out. Otherwise, he can be a V8 all black guy. You know what I mean? There's nothing okay. wrong with that. Yeah, sounds sounds good. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Ever. Yes, for sure. For sure. I think like uh, this year going to be like nationals if I'm going to make it uh, in the Detroit and Plymouth, I guess. Uh, there's going to be probably tons of tournaments or opportunities. Yes. You know, I'm pretty sure. I hope he's going to make it the NGP program too. <laughs> he, wants, that's that's what we're talking to, about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he wants to make it, but we'll see how it goes. You know, like it's a, uh, it's a great challenge. It's a, um, Oh, yeah, he's going to be right around the corner. It's scary how fast it comes up. But with that being said, Briz, you, you guys ever end up out here? You guys are going to do a tournament. If you can plan a day ahead, you shoot me or Scotty a text. We'll have you guys come out to the factory, uh, show Vladdy around, show him how it all gets made, where his stuff gets done, and uh, where your stuff used to get done, and we'll go from there. Sound good? Sounds good, Everett. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Real appreciate it. No problem, Briz. Thank you for the time. Thank you. Thank you.